What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Another episode of Hold My Bread. It's me, Elon Trust, a.k.a. Ranch, because I be dressing. That bag is one half of Hold My Bread with my other half. You completely need Joel Wolkowski. How the hell are you, Joel? Hello, it is the big fella coming to you from the COVID-ravaged deserts of Arizona. I am in complete isolation on the patio with my dog, but I stepped forth into the digital landscape to put out the siren call to all the breadheads to gather around, join the gluten gang for it is time to carbo load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $2,752.76 podcast. That is a good number. I like that number. Yeah, we are down 1.4% on the day, but... As it always goes, we're starting to trend upwards after hours. How are you, Maddie? I'm great. I want to do something real quick for you and for the pod. Here we go. Pack it. Ah, do you hear that? I've earned that after a hard day. I think I've earned it. I know you don't drink, but uh, that's that's for that that crack that cold one cracked for you and and everyone else listening who had a hard day. I didn't really have a hard day, but I think I've I think I I'm gonna have this. Yeah, he waits till we figure out that the video doesn't work, and then he cracks the beer. I know I can tell how a can of caffeine-free Diet Coke sounds when it's opened. I know what you're drinking. <laughs> Is that your guess? Do you want to take a guess? You'll never I guess. I, I think you're drinking a caffeine-free Diet Coke. That's my guess. That is not at all what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a lemon white claw. Woo-woo-woo. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, although we do have our first sponsor today. Pay close attention to the ad later on. That's a big deal for us. Absolutely. So welcome, welcome to Hold My Bread. Matt is drinking a lemon white claw. I've got some water out here on the patio. And we are here to talk you through the week in the stock market. So I know a few weeks back, Matt, he talked about a lot of the really prestigious companies that went bankrupt in the past few months due to COVID and the shutdowns caused by 5G towers. So yes. And there were a lot of, and I, there were a lot of big brands, Neiman Marcus, Dean and DeLuca, things that like the like prestige economy was built upon for our parents' generation. And we saw another one go down just yesterday and I actually tried to take advantage of their bankruptcy, and I found out why the company is going bankrupt. So I'm getting married to the beautiful Gabby, Matt, Matt's favorite girl, and we have a wedding planned out here in Sedona, Arizona, to take place in front of the Red, the Red Rocks. And I've been looking at this suit that Brooks Brothers, a very Matt, are you familiar with Brooks Brothers? I mean, I can't say I've ever purchased, but I have been in one, and I am aware of what they offer. Yeah, and Brooks Brothers, they are one of the most prestigious American fashion brands. And, like, if you see, like, a guy in a, in a movie wearing a suit, Brooks Brothers, they made that suit. They made all of Mad Men. They made all of Great Gatsby, Colbert, all of his suits. And, like, they couldn't have a better reputation. So... I saw that they went bankrupt yesterday. So my first sign, before even researching this podcast, I went to their site and I looked at the suit I've been eyeballing only to see that it's half price. Amazing, right? Incredible. Half price. It's a $1,700 suit available for $850. I was ready to throw down that money immediately. But Matt, I think you're kind of, 
strangely proportioned like me. Have you do you have have you ever gotten a suit tailored? I have not. I I'm very lucky. I only I've only ever bought um, one suit. I bought it from uh, Top Shop, which is a very it's a UK based store. I have a very UK body. I'm very tall. I have a very thin waist. I'm very like long in the torso. Uh, he is uh, long in the torso. I have been. Yeah, so I feel like I, I've never had to get one tailored, but you, I mean, you are, you're tall, you're muscular, I can I can understand it's a problem. And I have tiny legs. I am six foot three with a 30 inch inseam. So I'm a pretty big muscular guy. So I need about a 46 inch jacket. But if you buy a 46 suit, you get 40 inch pants, which I would not be able to wear. I wouldn't be able to alter. So I call Brooks Brothers like, hey, can I get, just get this altered can i order one a different pair of pants from a different suit and the answer of course was no and then you were like this is why you're going out of business because you don't care about the consumer well it's just it's so poorly arranged like i have a slightly non-traditional frame and for me to get this suit i would have to buy two different suits that you can only wear half of each yeah, I would have another suit. So then my if I were to buy this suit, my mission in life would be to find the guy who who fits into the other half of this suit and give it to him. <laughs> it's like a it's kind of like Cinderella but not as not as romantic. Well, that what can ruin my wedding faster than that? Because if I find the man who fits in the other half of my suit that I can't wear, I can't marry Gabby knowing I've already met my soulmate. <laughs> Me and this guy, we're going to put on our suits. We're going to make a new life together. And that's what it's going to be. So if you're interested in forging a life with me and you have a 40-inch waist and a very little upper body, please get in touch with me and maybe we can make a life together. If you're built like a bowling pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that would be the visual. I need to find that person. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I've been, I've had that problem my whole life. I'm very thin, but I'm still tall. I'm six foot one, but I have a thirty. I wear a thirty inch waist, so uh, I have a lot of problems. So I'm very lucky that I found the suit I have. The only problem is it's a purple plum suit, and I can't wear a purple plum suit. You can wear the purple plum suit to my wedding. That'll look good for sure. I was I was told I couldn't wear it to a wedding once because somebody told me you don't well, you have to wear black pants, a whole purple suit. Somebody said you don't wear that to a wedding. So maybe I'll wear it to your wedding. But uh, who, uh, well, you have a, you have a that, I'll, I'll probably wear it. Well, you have a distinguished role at our wedding. I don't know if we've discussed this. We haven't. We? I know there's been things have been thrown around are you going to tell me now or is the anticipation going to have to build yeah i'll tell you now on the pod well i feel like weddings people often lose sight of the fact that it's a human group also known in our profession as former comedians as an audience and what does any audience need matthew to be warmed up absolutely at my wedding first five minutes maddie back Comes out, does a little warm up. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I can do Where that. Where are you from? Yeah, that'll be a blast. And we've got this. We might be having this pretty crazy stage. So you up in your plum suit, up against a mountain red rock backdrop, it would be stunning. 
Yeah, I'm a hundred percent in for that. I could, I would love to do that. I'm down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plan all kinds of stuff. I'm gonna throw. Have you, you've been to those warm up things? I'm gonna throw candy into the crowd. I mean, maybe I'll play drums like, uh, and as an homage to Brody. Absolutely. My, 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 my best experience with a warm up comedian. I attended a taping of the Tyra Banks show, and the taping was just the first half of an episode about people who got their teeth ruined by car accidents and they were going to get a total makeover, but our day was just about them getting their teeth ruined. So they would tell (laughs) these horrible stories and then they would go to commercial at which point a comedian would come out and do warm up. It was incredible. Wow. Uh, That's oddly specific. Also, it's like just the only thing that was ruined in the car accident were my teeth. That was all. That was it. Just my teeth. Well, I think it was just about teeth as a whole, but they were all car accidents, like uh, every uh, single one. Tragedy. Yeah, and wow. then, yeah, uh, I've only ever seen like Colbert. That's the only Colbert. That's the only warm up I think I've ever seen done. Is I've been to Colbert uh, tapings a few times, and that's about it. And you know who makes Colbert suits? Not Brooks Brothers anymore. It was Brooks Brothers. Stephen Colbert has worn Brooks Brothers his entire career. Big changes afoot over at the Late Show. That's right. I love that. So wait, where are you going to get your suit from? Do you know? Um, yeah, I've been talking with my cousin. She's a wardrobe designer in Hollywood, and she's sent me some options. And really, she's just like, hey, let's just find you a suit maker, and we'll pick out the right fabric. So I think that's the way I'm going to go. I'll have something bespoke for me at a lesser price point. And as long as it's less than two of these suits, I think I'm making the right decision. I think that's a good call. Or, you know what, it might be cheaper to do, well, I don't know, given the circumstances, but it might be cheaper for you to just take a flight to Hong Kong and get a suit made there. Well, we're Americans, so we're no longer allowed outside our borders. Um, And I don't think think we'll have freedom by the time I get married. So, and you know... And you know, you know, wives, I don't think I'll have freedom after I get married either. How are you? Ding, 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 ding. Auga. Just a little public service announcement before we get started. I did my taxes today. And when I went to pay the U.S. government, I was given an in uh, like a warning that someone had already filed taxes with my social security number. And what happened? Oh, boy. It took a few hours to get to the bottom of it. But I'm a freelancer, so I have to pay. So I signed up for my stimulus check on the IRS website. And if you signed up for the stimulus via the IRS portal and gave them your social security number, a lot of times that's going to register in their system as you filing your taxes. So you you are going to need to pay via a different portal and you're going to need to mail them a hard copy of your tax return. Oh, man. Hard, a hard copy of the tax return, is that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah, find a printer. I'd pay a guy to do it for me. I like doing my taxes. You don't, you, you don't enjoy it? Yeah. I have uh, I've never done my own personal taxes. Uh, if I were Dane Cook, this guy could be robbing me blind. I've had the same guy do my taxes since I started paying them. Um, I give him all my stuff. I, I send him all the papers I need uh, or that he needs. And then I get another thing sent back to me with the refund I'm going to get, hopefully, and then what I need to send. I, I don't mess with it any more than I have to. 
So we know the country isn't doing great. And on a personal level, it kind of feels like we're stuck in a repetitive vacuum. Matt, do you find every day is the same on your end? Uh, I'm going to say yes, honestly. As much as I would love to say differently, it's it's 100% the same. And it's I feel very lucky because some people probably have the same and it's worse or it's, it's awful. But I, uh, yeah, like you said, coffee, sleep, workout, watch a sport or bet on what sports you can. Um, yeah, it's, it's news, news, news. Somebody else is being, is in trouble. Another hundred, couple hundred thousand deaths, you know, no big deal. Yeah. And even the news is repetitive at this point. Like I look at the news today and it's debates over additional stimulus. It's Trump's news, personal news, tanking the market. And it's Kelly Loeffler getting dragged. We literally have the same news stories that we had in, late march it's very discouraging and if you know the whole world is making fun of us and with the news you see just how little progress we made it is crazy to see that how you know four months have passed and the only thing there's only you know a handful of things that have changed if you look around if you don't look too carefully um other than the weather and a handful of other things you wouldn't even know yeah, the only thing that's changed is that racists will be mad at you for wearing a mask in the grocery store. Before, yeah, they yeah, just thought you were doing a cool Bane impression. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, racists are so racist, they become racist against fabric. <laughs> yeah, that is the world we live in. Truly, you, you know, you got to win when, you know, the best way to do it is to turn any issue into a public health issue. You got to love it. And... I did think it was cool. I saw like some stories on the unemployment insurance that we did the first time. The University of Chicago has a calculator that you can show the impact of unemployment across different levels of income based on a state by state basis. Uh-huh. But, you know, it made a good impact for middle class people who make more than they did before. And lower class people make more than they did before. And higher income people, they make 88% of what they already did. So everyone's doing all right. And I think we're going to come out of this and I'll be Andrew Yang supporters. It's, I mean, it kind of plays into what I have been thinking for a long time in that, you know, I'm sure this is nothing new for people, but like, if you want to make money, you have to have money to make it, uh, if you can invest and you have money to to make bigger plays and things like that, it's it's easier to make, you know, the hardest million to make is the first million. And after that, it's uh, not maybe easy, but it's it's you're you know, you're winning already. Yeah. And I, I did want to get into Kelly Luffler for a minute because it, it's our favorite villain and an, ex, an example of unions staking their power. So I wanted to get into her. So we all know Kelly Loeffler. She made headlines in March when she was first brief on the coronavirus as a U.S. senator. Her first action was to sell off her entire stock portfolio. And we went through the portfolio in a previous episode. I remember she had a lot of Funko stock. So, you know, a Funko would actually be a perfect to wear the second half of my suit now that I'm thinking of it. But, you know, I went through this and Kelly Loeffler, she's not an establishment Republican. She's the wealthiest senator in all of Senate, in large part because she's married to the head of the New York Stock Exchange, and she never ran for election. 
and she was named as part of a special declaration by the government of by Governor Kemp from Georgia. And Trump never liked her. The administration didn't see her as one of their own. And, you know, sure, in looking at the timing of this, she she joined the Senate in December, not even a month into her term, she committed some of the largest insider trading in U.S. history. So you're an achiever, Kelly. I will hand you that. So, you know, yeah, if you're going to do it, uh, it's gonna go. and, you know, maybe we should be thinking like, oh, senators shouldn't be insider trading and, you know, they're going to do it. It was only banned kind of in 2012. So there's not really any precedent to enforce this. But now she has a special runoff election in 2020 and she's running against uh, Republicans. She's running against Democrats and the Republicans she's running against. Uh, Doug Collins, he's a very loyal lapdog to Trump. So while he's been really catering to Trump's rhetoric, his base, Kelly Leffler, is losing the Republican vote in Georgia. And so she's left with the quagmire. How do I appeal to my Republican base? So how do you think she does that, Matt? I'll tell you how she doesn't do it. Not by wearing a mask. Yeah, she doesn't wear a mask. And she also, we talked about her wealth. She actually is the owner of the WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream. And with Miss Leffler lagging behind in the polls, with the WNBA planning to announce, announcing a plan for players to wear warm-up jerseys, reading Black What Lives Matter, and say her name in tribute to Breonna Taylor. Um, what Kelly Leffler did was say she didn't like that, say they should put the American flag and say that has no place in women's basketball, a league celebrating the achievements of African-American women for the most part. And so she made her stance. She got called out on it and she doubled down on it today. But the problem is the WNBA has an extremely strong players union and women's basketball players. I know WNBA players were a punchline during our upbringing but, you know, right now, they're the greatest social justice leaders in sports this side of Kaepernick. Maya Moore, best athlete in the sport, retires, spends the past two years helping to free Jonathan Irons, a wrongly convicted man. And so Kelly Loeffler spoke out, and the WNBA is coming for her. Uh, yeah, I love it. The WNBA, like you said, it was always a, a kind of a joke uh, coming up as a kid, but being from Indiana, you know, the Indiana Fever and the uh, the Fever are like the L.A. Lakers of the WNBA. They have been good for a long time. They have a lot of championships. They they are they're great. And uh, not just on the court, like you just said, not just on the court. Are, are they are these women talented? They're they're great. Yeah. And like every woman in this league uses their platform for social justice. And now it's looking like Kelly Loeffler is going to face a Donald Sterling situation where she's forced to sell the team under the pretty just criticism that she's using her political agenda to undermine the sport's potential and while sending a message of exclusion. That was exactly what I was going to say. It's, it's like the David Stern thing, but she is, uh, she is really 
it's she's stifling like you you put it i think you said it perfectly she's really preventing the expansion and the the everything they're trying to do as an owner it can being inclusive like this can only be beneficial to 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 the sport it's it's it seems crazy to me it seems counterintuitive for her to be the owner of a team and to want them to not take part in in things that are spreading a positive message yeah, the league is calling for her rem- removal. They're talking about how little she actually does in relation to the team. And a former Atlanta Dream player and the head of the league's newly created social justice co- council, uh, Laisha La- Clarendon, she tweeted, I can't believe I ever stepped foot in Kelly's house and shared a meal with her. It's it's really hurtful to see her true colors. I had no idea when I played for Atlanta that she felt this way. Happy to own us as long as we stay quiet and perform. So you can see this isn't going anywhere. Excited wow. to see. Yeah, it's going to be great to see this play out. And like, we never see people punished in his hands. The fact that her employees are rising up to publicly rake her over the coals and hopefully cost her her Senate seat is absolute music to my ears. Congratulations, WNBA players. Make, make women's basketball the new national pastime. And 100%. That's great. So you're you're making some money, right, Maddie? Uh, I mean, I'm making money uh, hand over fist right now. Between the between, we've talked about this before. Between gambling and uh, and my Tesla shares, um, and the AMD, AMD is is popping up. But yeah, I'm doing very well. I'm not gonna. I don't want to complain uh, about anything uh, at all right now because there's a lot of people there that are having it harder than me. So given the circumstances, I'm doing okay. Um. Do you want to? Should we get into Tesla right now? Yeah, let's get into Tesla because I know you you're actually a shareholder of of Tesla. You got two of them, which is great. Yeah, and, I, uh, they they had a big bounce this week. What what caused that? Well, so Tesla's uh, quarterly earnings uh, are way up. They've delivered huge on a lot of. Um, projected sales it was kind of like we talked about a month a couple months ago we talked about if they can reach these uh the demands the demands for teslas are very big if they can reach these demands which they have delivered uh not just here in the u.s but um the demand in china has gone up very very high as well uh they're doing well worldwide teslas are becoming they're, they're slowly taking over worldwide um elon musk is uh going to be opening up a new factory in Tulsa, it appears, um, which is big. So I think that has helped. There's just a lot of, of good news uh, happening as far as Tesla goes. There um, was a video that I saw recently of a Tesla Roadster that uh, really blew up the internet. Uh, and that got people really hyped. So I think it's just a combination. It's a lot of, you know, one thing I'm learning slowly about, I don't know, I guess it's by life, but Timing is very important in a lot of these things, and uh, if you can stack a lot of things on top of each other that propel you forward, it's really going to help, and I think the Tesla stock is a good example of that. Yeah, and I, I got to admit, I'm a little mean to you sometimes. You texted me that all, all high and mighty about making money on your shares, and was I a good friend, and did I congratulate you? No. No, you were very negative, and I did not respond. You did not respond. He texted me a meme of like, ooh, Tesla, like a, a guy raising his eyebrows. And then I had spent the, fir- the, last, the previous day reading about transportation bubbles. So I shot back to Matt that at every time there was a major development 
in transportation while the U.S. stock market existed. Railroads, air travel, people, they overinvested. They put the prices higher than the companies could ever justify. And they eventually led to a bubble for all of the stockholders. And I said, I didn't really see anything in the math that leads me to believe that this isn't another bubble. And Matt did not respond to that. Well, because I, it's just ne- it's not true. It's just negative. It's not true. Because here's the thing. Tesla, they, they just, um, July 22nd, uh, marks the first cumulative four-quarter uh, profit for for Tesla. They're looking at joining the S&P 500. I mean, that's huge. Uh, given Tesla a couple years ago, if, if you had said that, people would have laughed in your face. Uh, but they're on the verge of joining the S&P 500. I mean, that's that's amazing. Yeah, but I just think it, I don't understand how this is a different dynamic to the free market than railroads, cars or airlines are like, obviously, the consumer excitement is there for a reason. But there are metrics behind a stock that I don't think it'll be able to justify. And I see no reason why Tesla is going to be exempt from this. Yeah, I, I mean, I wish I, I guess I don't have a good answer to refute that, but I just don't, I, I feel like nothing Tesla has done has been, uh, has been conventional, and I don't think this is going to be any different. I don't think this is going to make sense. I, I don't think it's going to make, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's going to make sense, but I think it's going to work. Um, I think that they're going to, if they can keep meeting uh, the demand for these cars, they keep making these profits, they keep get, making, uh, you know, progress in these ways i think it's gonna uh hopefully continue i mean there's always gonna be slide back and there's always gonna be sell-offs and things like that that are gonna affect it but um i'm not gonna sell i mean i feel like i maybe should sell uh and try and buy back later but i really think it's it's just gonna keep going uh and i'm in it for the long haul so yeah and like i i am a proponent of burton malkiel he wrote Random Walk Down Wall Street. He runs most of my investments at Wealthfront. And, you know, he presented the information in his book in a way that made me think that this is actually a phenomenon that happens in this exact instance. And everything is lining up to kind of create a bubble. And you know what? I think that's okay. It's Tesla. I mean, Tesla is up 48% in eight sessions uh, of trading. Uh, it's even if you don't like it, you know, it's um, the fact that they're going into they're they're potentially going into the index would mean tr- it's because trillions of dollars. Uh, but there is there is there is a method to. Uh, we know that stock prices actually have a real correlation to math when they aren't being manipulated by consumer and institutional excitement. So while a company's worth or market value is called its market cap, that kind of sh- that that is the stock price multiplied by the number of shares outstanding. And you know what the 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 way you value stocks is the PE ratio, which is price for re- earnings. So that formula is calculated by dividing the stock price by earnings per share. So, Matt, so what you what you have at the end will be what the stock price ought to be. So, Matt, you you looked up the earnings per share for Tesla from me, right? Oh, I actually did not, but I will do that now. I, I thought you were. Uh, yeah, I misunderstood, but I will do that right now. 
Tesla earnings per share. While while Matt looks up the information, I will talk to you a little bit about Gap. What is Gap? Gap is generally accepted accounting principles, and you know it's just kind of the way every company in the world keeps track of its numbers. It has it, it has some basic assumptions. The first is that every business entity is separate and distinct from all others. And that means all the figures shown in an organization's reports are specific only to that organization. So there's no overlap. The other assumption is that business a business will continue to exist, basically, for the foreseeable future. The third assumption is that the amounts listed are in a stable currency. Organizations can choose to report in any currency unless they're a public company that reports for like American investors, then they have to report in the dollar. And the final assumption is that um, finance runs from January 1st through December 31st of a single year. So, you know, just to go back on this, the, the principles underneath that are that I copy and pasted the wrong notes. Okay, so the constraints of using GAP are objectivity, materiality, consistency and prudence and if you just look at like tesla i don't see a lot of uh, objectivity and prudence in how this stock is held so now that i've gone over my boring shit let's check in with mr excitement he's got a bit on having a little face he's about to tell us some numbers maddie back is what is, what are the tesla's earning per shares one dollar 24 cents per share is what they were up that's 9% after hours as the company showed their third consecutive quarter. So it's 9%. So I guess, what is that one? Is it $1.24 overall or is that just the earnings per share increase? That's, that might be the earnings per share increase. Well, God damn it. I can't find the actual, I can't find the actual number there. All right, you, you kill some time. I'll try and find it. Yeah, look it up. Um, well, so you were, I thought you were going to, when you said Gap, my first thought went to our story last week about Kanye West. Uh, isn't it insane that Kanye West can go from, you know, he brings up this partnership with Gap. The stock prices go crazy. You think, oh my gosh, I maybe I'm gonna start to like Kanye West again. And then he goes out and he says, I'm gonna run for president. It's that's what I thought you were gonna say when you brought up Gap, uh, which is uh, which is interesting. So um, I was thinking about that the other day. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I bought that uh, Tesla stock pretty early on at uh, two two some two hundred something, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier in that. You know, if, if you're, I I saw it. I saw the potential. I just didn't have the money to buy more than two shares of the stock. And if I had bought more than two, I'd be sitting uh, in a better position than I am now. But uh, again, the rich get richer and the poor stay poor unless they uh, do some crazy shit or rob a bank or, you know, get okay. wild. So Tesla, actually, the reason they went, went, crazy is that for this quarter is the first time they've posted a positive earnings per share which is eight cents per share for the previous year they lost 74 cents per year and you go back there they're trending correctly but back in 2017 they lost about 12 dollars per share just to put it in perspective so what is the current sale price of tesla a oh, share of it I don't have that either. Uh, it's a thousand for one thousand four hundred. Uh, one yeah, one thousand three hundred ninety-four. 
Okay, so I'm going to divide eight cents by 1,394. And my calculator, I have a TI-84 Texas Instrument. So it is 5.7 to the power of negative 5. So a good, a good EPS rating is between 1 and 99. And I would feel a lot more comfortable about there not being a Tesla bubble if my graphing calculator were able to handle a simple division equation regarding how stocks are traditionally measured. <laughs> yeah, Texas Instrument, uh, I guess not. Uh, I'll yeah, say this. I, I, if it's a if, Texas Instrument, that just means it has coronavirus right now. Yeah, or it's or it can be used to uh, shoot an animal. Um, I will say this. If Tesla doesn't... There's rumors that it's going to be listed on the S&P 500. I think that is why the stock has increased a lot. I think if they do not get listed on the S&P 500... I think the slide will be bigger than uh, it would normally be. I think there's always going to be some pullback, but I think the pullback on this stock will be even greater if they don't uh, get that that S&P 500 status. That's that's just my guess. Yeah, and I, the bubble's going to burst. I don't think it will be soon because corporations kind of manipulate the stock market. They own everything. We haven't. We've only seen a six percent dip in the global market since March. So of course Tesla's going to keep it stable. But a decade or so down the line, when its competitors have evened out with it, there will be a time to get off the Tesla train. There's going to be a high watermark. And eventually, they're going to become a regular company, and they'll have to be valued as such. Yeah, there's so much growth right now. There's so much... Uh, there's so much... What's the word I'm looking for? So much, they're, people are looking forward at the potential. There's so much potential. And I think Elon Musk, that's his whole thing, is like Tesla to him is obviously it's a car company, but I think it's 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 more than that. They're developing these batteries and he's trying to go to Mars and all that stuff is as crazy as you may think it sounds. It's all part of a bigger picture. And I hope, I mean, I hope I'm around to see what happens. I really think it's it, it has potential to be something incredible. Yeah, but is it a more revolutionary battery than the one Prius put out a little under two decades ago? I don't know. Yes. Yes, yes, I think it is. I think it okay. is. Is the battery proprietary to Tesla? I believe it also is. I think I think that, uh, and I'm not an expert on this, but I think that, you, I guarantee you, I could find you, a, 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 who knows if they're accredited, uh, credible or whatever, but... Um, there's going to be articles that, that of Volkswagen and other companies talking about how good, even though they're competitors, how, how much better Tesla's batteries are than other people's batteries. And I think that's that's a huge thing. I mean, we're talking about electric cars. The man with the best battery wins the race in this situation. Yeah, I think so. But I, when we went over this, I recall the Tesla owed a great deal to Panasonic for their battery development and that they weren't proprietary. Like, I thought the technology was open to anybody. Oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh well, it's a debate for another time. And you know, I did have like a whole thing on enterprise value, where you kind of add a company's market cap to its outstanding debts, but you subtract the cash from that. But I don't think we need to get into that right now. I think we've been a little dense so far in this episode. So let's have some fun. Yeah, a lot of numbers being thrown around. A lot of so last week we did a 
deep dive on Robinhood and how they were irresponsibly pushing options trades on their cons- on their traders. And, you know, three days later, the New York Times, they have a huge article filled with anecdotal evidence about how people are irresponsible on, on Robinhood. They're addicted. They're losing their family's money. They don't eat. And they have all these like sad stories illustrating it. And to me, buy the ticket, take the ride, know when to get out. This like they talk about a guy having a million dollars in his account and now having nothing. Sell it when it's a million dollars. So what the thing that caught my interest, Matt, was they showed how many options are traded in Robinhood as opposed to all other brokerages. And the numbers were pretty crazy. How many more times do you think options were traded on Robinhood as opposed to every other platform combined? Oh, I mean, I couldn't even put a number on it. I'm sure it is insanely big, and I couldn't. I can't even guess. I'm sure it's insane. Yeah, people are trading far too frequently on Robinhood. Robinhood users trade nine times as many shares as any other users and 12 times as many options as all the other platforms like as opposed to schwab like a company that was started with investors best interests at heart they've sold 88 times more options than schwab has and that's the thing Robinhood is not your friend they're a brokerage platform and when they push options and you choose to buy them it's not like you're buying a stock that will raise and lower in value you're making a bet by pushing options. Robinhood is turning it from a brokerage platform into a casino. And if you're at a casino, you're probably not going to win. Have you heard yeah. about this? Have you heard about this, Matt? Um, there was a guy in Nebraska, Alex Kearns, a 20 year old college student. He bought options and you know, Robinhood, they love to freeze and, it froze. He couldn't get out of his options. And by the time the app went up, he was in debt $730,000. And he put a suicide note up on Twitter, talked about he accidentally took too much debt, and he took his own life. So I, I did see that. So just know that these platforms, they don't have your best interest in heart. They are be, They make money for Wall Street institutions when these options don't pan out. And be careful out there. It is the Wild West. So uh, that being said, I need to drink some water. So I'm going to send it over to Matt for our first ad read. Okay, this is not that ad read. This is Joel. It's 1 in the morning on Saturday. And we've already posted the episode. And we did this bit where we had a fake advertisement for a company that didn't advertise us. And, uh, you know... You can get sued for that, and I should know because I've previously been sued for that two times in my life, and I'm only 33. Anyway, here's, we didn't have, don't have an advertiser, and here's all we can legally leave in. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and yourselves. Subscribe to Robinhood. Uh, use Robinhood. Um, they're good people, all right? Yeah. Robinhood, if you don't trade options, you're a pussy. Yeah. Yeah, plan a stable financial future for your family, cuck. Yeah. Yeah, I um yeah, that that's 
that was what a wild setup that was. Uh, can't believe that we would have a sponsor of this, and they would sponsor the same episode where we tear them down. Hey, no one's gonna buy us, Maddie. It's crazy. You, you, you I did. Us, you buy the ticket I, and you take the ride. Speaking of buying the ticket and taking the ride, the cruise ship industry is no more. Oh no! What will our comedians? What will the comedians do? Oh no! Jeff R. Curry will no longer make forty thousand dollars a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Who who will he get to uh, slap him in the face with their oily boobs now? Nobody. That's who. So we all know cruise ships are not really working right now, but that doesn't mean the cruise ships are able to stop. There is a great article in Bloomberg, and you know what? Cruise ships, they're designed to run forever, and they cannot stop. So we have this sad, poetic world in which fleets of cruise ships are just wandering the oceans with fully stacked crews. Is that true? Yeah, because only like six cruise ships in the world are functional, and there's 400 of them. And they're so big, you can't park them anywhere. It's not like it's an air, a plane where there's a hangar for it. These things are the size of the football field. There's nowhere to put them. And if you, if you run these ships, if you don't run these ships, the plumbing will go within a month. The HVAC will go within two. And you can't just leave them at the, at the, the pier. So we live in this like sad world where just these ghost cruise ships are just lonely tracing the ocean shores. It's amazing. Wow. Finally, the crew on them get to enjoy the view and not just have to live under the waterline. Yeah, that must be the best party of all time. Because these these ships, they've got 120 people on them. And um, the expenses for keeping them running for just Carnival according to a recent SEC filing, was $250 million a month. In this quarter alone, Carnival Cruise Ships has lost $4 billion, but they can't afford to cease any operations. Well, honestly, I welcome it. I mean, cruise ships are bad for the environment. They're bad for the ocean. They're bad for uh, old people's hearts. You know, They're bad for people's uh, well-being. You shouldn't be allowed to just float around and get fat and you know, it's not healthy. I, I don't support it. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Hopefully they're, they're shut down. I feel bad for all the comedians who have lost their jobs and all the people who have lost their jobs, but they mistreat people. Like I said, they've got these, these, uh, these people that work on these boats. They're working. They're living under the waterline. It's not good conditions. It's bad. Cruise ships are bad. Cruise ships are bad. You heard it here first, but it's, it's nice karma in this situation where at best, the best case for them is for them to put it in a dock and have 40 full-time employees. So even that can't account for everything these boats need. Like, if you don't have them, like, hurricane-ready, if you park them in the sea, you're subject to government fines. So they have to keep running their business at full capacity in perpetuity. You absolutely love to see it. It is the haunting image of late capitalism. And you know what? This is might might be the only cruise I've ever wanted to go on. Well, you know what? It's Carnival Cruise Line because they have to operate like carnies. They have to constantly be on the move. They can't stop for too long. Otherwise, they're going to be hunted. 
They have to keep moving Carney. It's Carney, Carney, Carney bullshit. That's what it is. Man, I never put that together. Maddie nailing it. One uh, I mean, I you know, I you just put it out there. I put I pieced it together. It's 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 insane. Yeah, so we've had a long episode. Let's close it out. The thing on the tip of everyone's tongue, PPP loans. PPP. We talked a little bit about that before. Um, all these companies that are getting them, they're they're getting them, they're giving them back. Some people are keeping them. Uh, what's what's the deal, man? Did did we get one? Are we gonna have it? I mean, who knows? Who knows? We applied for it, and you know what? Fingers crossed. But you know what? These PPP loans, they've gone out. They the list came out of who got these loans, and you know what? It's a lot of major financial firms. It's a lot of major law firms, and it's companies connected to major lawmakers such as Mark Wayne Mullen, Devin Nunez, and Susan Collins, whose brother did return its loan. But not great. You know who got one? Goddamn Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil got a $7 million bailout. The Ayn Rand Institute, which is dedicated to the philosopher and writer of the worst kids in high school's favorite books she that institute got a huge benefit which you know i don't know if you've read ayn rand but it's all about how the deserving get what they deserved and you know it's just worth noting that the author herself died destitute and on public assistance just like the institute named in her honor oh shit go off king we are roasting today. Yeah, the fires are hot today. So, yeah, you can just see, because money's so cheap right now that paying these loans, if you're ever required to do it, isn't going to be that big of a deal. You know what? You can always push off government debts, especially when they're all over the financial map, and these companies are an ex- example of it. Yeah. Well, I've said it once. I'll say it again. Dr. Phil is the goddamn devil. Uh, I don't, uh, I have a, I do have a t-shirt on uh, of his face with his face on it, but it's an ironic t-shirt. It is to make fun of and mock him. I do think Dr. Phil is the devil. Uh, recently he said, uh, I don't know if you saw this, but he said, um, uh, when he talked about shutting down the government, this is a quote unquote doctor. He was talking about why we don't shut down the country. We don't shut the country down for deaths from car accidents and swimming pools. And then he quoted, 360,000 people die in swimming pools in the United States every year, uh, which is obviously, that is not true. Not, not that many people die in swimming pools every year. Not that many people die in swimming pools every year. And you know what? That just leads me to believe we need more pools. So if you are a company that has gotten one of these loans, you know what? Build some pools. Let's, let's finally beat coronavirus once and for all. That's right. I hope, uh, and maybe if we're lucky, if we build enough pools, Dr. Phil will get in one and he will die. If you build it, they will come and drown. <laughs> and drown. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's my favorite Kevin Costner quote. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tom Brady also got one. Tom Brady got one. And, you know, you love to see them help a struggling underdog. You know, Tom Brady just left a lot out in that application. Yeah, I, I graduated from Michigan, and I was a sixth-round draft pick. Statistically, it won't work out for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm still hoping to see if it'll. I'm still hoping to see if it works out. We don't know. 
oh, well, we've seen the rich get richer without doing anything during this pandemic. So really, you just need to make something, scale it, and get as crooked as everybody else. That's the only way to play this game. And I encourage you all to do so. I think that's been the theme of this episode is the rich get richer and the poor get eaten, uh, unfortunately. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before. You know, I, I, and I don't want to make this about me or how I'm doing. Like I said, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be doing, given the circumstances, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing okay. But it's like the, you know, we're sports betting, and if you have more, if you can risk more in the in, in betting, you can make more in the market. If you can afford to buy more shares, it doesn't matter if you can see the plays. If you don't have the money to fund the moves, it doesn't matter. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, everyone would have bought Amazon for $2 a share if they weren't busy buying their fucking groceries. Absolutely. For $30. Yeah, my kids need medicine. Meanwhile, these institutions, these rich entrepreneurs, they put money into the market, and if they lose, it just becomes a tax write-off. Absolutely. So we live in this late capitalist hellscape of which we are trying to master. We are not opposed to the late capitalist hellscape. We are proud proponents of that. But just realize where you stand in all this. 100%. Tesla's share prices are through the roof. An entire industry is forced to run even though they won't have a customer. Meanwhile, you are stuck at home. If we cared about people, we would let them quarantine on these cruise ships. Oh, wait, that's not a good idea at all, huh? No, no, that's a bad idea. Really bad. Same thing that got us into this mess. Oh, well, at least we found out my logic qualifies me to run for president. Yeah, yeah no, honestly, that was that was too well formed of a thought for uh, for it to be our president currently. So you actually could run and win. Yeah, I think so. What can you do? Oh well, maybe I'll run. I'm not 38 yet, but my hairline is. So we are down for it. Well, Joel, I think we've come to the end. All right. So we need to talk about what we're doing on this podcast. We have a couple cool episodes coming up in the next few weeks. Next week, we have a very funny and nice comedian, Brennan Gay. Did he work? Did he ever work a cruise ship? I don't believe he has worked a cruise ship ever. Okay, so Brennan Gay is coming on, and we are going to invest some of his money for him talk about his financial future and let's find some good metrics for him huh yeah we're gonna do uh we're gonna basically come up we're gonna try our best to come up with a uh a plan for him to invest some money uh and uh hopefully improve his life or we're gonna ruin it completely we don't know yet and from that from that the next week after we will be showing you guys how to write a business plan i have a a thing that i think could generate money for me so i'll actually be writing a business plan i'll be pitching it to matt on the show and then he will be finding flaws in my logic and poking some fun at me all the while anyway this has been hold my bread the two thousand seven hundred dollar and change podcast I'm Joel Walkowski. I am Joel Walkowski on Instagram, The Walkowski on Twitter. We're available at holdmybread at gmail.com, and we're on all channels. I believe, Maddie, are you here? Matt fell out, but you know what? Matt is available on all social media platforms. You can find him at Matt Backus Sucks. 
or you can go to Twitter and you can just look up Matt Backus. There's one less C than you would think. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Good night.